0: Yeah. Take it away, okay? my friend. Okay. Well, I just found this thing online. It's like eight keys to knowing God's will for your life. Sounds good. For it sounds good. So it's just this. It's pretty much just this guy talking about stuff. He says. Uh, says, when I was a young man, I seemed to continually wrestle with knowing God's will for my life. I wanted more than anything to follow his plan. Interestingly, now that I'm old, he's 47, I still wrestle with doing (laughs) I'm just reading (laughs) it. I still wrestle with doing his will in my life. I've come to learn that it This is not just something that a young person does early in life. It is a lifelong pursuit in order to stay in the exact center of his plan and to trust it in. So then how can we know God's plan for our lives? Over the past 25 years that I've been in ministry, I've discovered eight vital keys to knowing God's will and plan for your life. Here they are. And number one, is: says, walk with God. He says, for starters, if you are interested in knowing God's plan for your life, then you must learn to walk with God. You need to develop a relationship with Him. Christianity is all about relationship rather than just religion. And so you must cultivate your relationship with God. You must seek to know Him, and not just seek to know about Him. You will cultivate that relationship best by spending time in this Word, taking time for prayer, and taking every opportunity you can to be involved in church and small group Bible study opportunities. Is that that the <laughs> <laughs> So,
1: well, I want to stop there really quick, though and uh, ask what does that look like? What are some ways that you guys can think of that might would be like a chance to do that in our everyday lives? Not in everyday life, but in our everyday lives.
0: To walk with God?
1: Yeah, or to grow, to have a work be a place that you could find a minute or two minutes or five minutes to spend with God in your day.
0: Or is there any big, like, of first harvesting? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know, there's always time. You can always find time. Like, or where 40, can you find time? Well, you I know 45 time, minutes me? here alone, by myself. But I just listen to music, so. <laughs> <laughs> Chance next.
1: Wow. Now you're aware of it. didn't <laughs> question. <laughs> so like what would be like because we could sit here and say all day long oh well, yeah you can find time in your everyday life to be of God you can you know have xyz time or while you're doing xyz but like thinking through your day and your daily life personally like what is a time that you can think of that like would work for you you know a minute two minutes five minutes you could spend. You just
2: like as you're driving is a good time because you aren't really distracted by doing other things besides driving. I mean, I know you do listen to music and all, but Mm -hmm. that can just be um, turned down so it's fading in the background. You can just pray to God or just not even pray, just like talk to God. I know it's basically the same thing, but there's still a slight difference. It's just like doing that or just like whatever you're doing around the house that doesn't require a lot of thinking, that's a time when you can just talk to God, and those
1: are times that I think of. Mm-hmm. in your life, personally. Like, not necessarily general everyday life, but, like, what you're in your schedule that you've noticed. You know, we all have schedules every day that we go through. But, like, in your schedule, can you think of a time that's, like, you know, a minute two minute, five minute period? I think for me, it can be as simple as,
3: like, just getting up you know, five minutes earlier just like you can make the time right there and use five minutes earlier and any time to start your day off probably and mm-hmm. you know, that like kind of gets your day started in the right mindset and everything
1: too yeah I know I said this a long time ago but um, I know Vision. I use their Bible app and uh, or version, I don't know the guys that make the Bible app you can use theirs and They have like daily plans that you can read through and it's um or devotional plans and uh, it's usually like a five to ten day plan but i know there's takes about usually five minutes to read through by yourself um i i do it with a friend and um uh, not every day but when we can we meet and um we'll talk through things and we'll we'll read a verse and then we'll try and take a minute before we continue on and just click the next button we try to take a minute to think about a way that that could relate to us or to the world around us that we've noticed. Things like that. Just make it a little more personal. Um, and if you have the time, yeah, you can, but if not, it still gives you a chance to just kind of read through that in, um, you know, four or five minutes if you want, and then think about it all at the end as one big unit. You know, even as you're getting ready in the morning, you can do that. Um, you know, while you're putting on makeup or you know, brushing teeth or whatever you do in dress, whatever you do to get ready. like. You know, usually, had usually takes at least five minutes to get ready, and that can you know you can spend that time thinking about what you just read and processing it, so that it it gives you a time to kind of let it resonate with you, but you're not like just having dead time in your day. Like if you if you really don't have those five minutes, you know, find a time where you can integrate that into getting ready. Um, for me, it's Like you guys have said, driving is a great time for me because I can I can have a time where like. Like you said, it's kind of focus. Like you're focusing on driving, but you, it doesn't really take a lot of cognitive focus, especially once you get experience. You know, it's so it's kind of automatic, and you you look for things and you're attentive, but it doesn't take all of your cognitive focus. So for me, like it gives me time to just be, and I can you know sometimes I'll turn on praise music, sometimes I won't, and sometimes I'll just talk to them, or that'll be my prayer time, you know, while I'm alone, I'll pray for people that I've remembered that I've forgotten to pray for throughout the day. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of a lot of my time when I say I'll pray for people is usually when I'm in the car by myself because that's like I mean I stay constantly busy from day and like, from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, especially right now, um, literally every day except for Saturday, I have activities within fifteen minutes of each other to 20 minutes. So like I stay busy but while I'm driving those activities I don't have anything. Going you know, while I'm driving to work, while I'm driving home, and that gives me some time. And like, if you think about it, I mean, that's three hours throughout the week that I have that I'm driving at least, including Sundays, is four or five hours that I'm driving. And like, that's time I can just be spending by myself alone, and I have time to, to be with God. You know? And I'm, I mean, I don't like spend all that time praying and things, but it gives me a chance that if I need to pray or if I want to, and I've got things in my mind, like, that's a great
0: Is when you seek these disciplines in your life, God will begin the first steps up to revealing his plan to you. Proverbs three, five and six says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and not moment your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. So like pretty much this first point is like like what Brother Linton said uh, Sunday or Sunday night. He said, If you really want to know God's will, then you'll do what you know God wants you to do, and then only when you do what you know you, when you do what you know is God's will, then He'll start showing you the other stuff that isn't so black like and white. And number two, it says, surrender your will to God's. Many times when we say we are seeking God's will, what we are really wanting to say to God is, okay, God, here's what I'm planning to do. Now I need to, you to like put your approval on this. And I must tell you that this is not really effective in finding his true will. Before God will begin to reveal his will to you, you, you must be committed to doing whatever it is that he desires for you to do. God will likely be slow to show you his plan, if he knows you will likely not do that plan anyway. And Romans 12, 1-2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God, <laughs> which is your reasonable service, okay. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What? Je- what? what? That's Romans 12, 1 through 2. Jesus was willing to die for us, so shouldn't we be willing to live for him? When we surrender to him, that is when he really begins to direct our steps. So that's pretty much just like, if you're living for God, you gotta be living for God before you can expect Him to speak to you as to what you're gonna do. Pretty much. And number three is pretty much what I just said. It says, Obey what you already know to be God's will. Many people seem to want to know what God's plan is for their lives, but they overlook the fact that 98% of His will is already delineated. Del- I don't know what that word is <laughs> delineated? Yeah. Is already delineated carefully through his word God is very clear about many many aspects of his will for instance it is clearly his plan that we abstain from from sexual immorality. if we do not obey the things that God has shown us clearly to be his will why would we think he would reveal any further information regarding his plan for our lives obedience is an important first step yeah I
1: think that that kind of reminded me of what brother joy said at church camp um Taking back to the sermon about detouring and getting off course, mm-hmm. it's like if you know God's got a very similar will for all of us as Christians. We have a what we call like a base will that like is His will for all Christians, and then He has a certain specialty you know that He wants for your life, and that's where your individuality comes from, where that's like your plan, that's a plan and, you know that's meant specifically and only for you, and. So while we're continuing on that path if we detour we're stopping we're, stop, we're stopping our progress along In the main path. So like you could think of it as maybe like having like a point here and if you're going on this main path and you're going and you're going and you're doing good and then you take you stop and take a detour over here and you're living life over here for a while until you make your way back and you continue on to get to this point where he's gonna deviate from you know the base will to this where it goes into like your specific will for your life or, or an action that is meant for you, it could be later on down the road. But he might need you to go through the rest of this area so that you're prepared to be able to do this action. You know, and if we if we skip that last little bit, and then we're just looking for that action up here, but we may not be ready for it yet. And God knows that that's something that we don't know. But, you know, of course we always think, oh, I'm ready, like, I'm ready, let's do this, but oftentimes we're not, and God knows that, and so he knows what's going to help us be ready so that we don't get unbearably overwhelmed or we don't get into a place where, you know, we end up hurting someone because we don't know what we're doing, you know, and things like that. So he may just be waiting for you to finish out that last little bit before giving you the next, the next step, as I call it, I reference staircases a lot, but (laughs) he knows that.
0: That's definitely, definitely something I've been thinking about a lot because really it's been like like when he said that I would never really like, I would always kind of thought of it a different way like you take a wrong path and then I, don't know, I just kind of thought if you made wrong decisions then maybe you forfeit like, God's main will for you, but Mm -hmm. then, I mean, I never thought he couldn't use you anymore, but I thought maybe if you made, like, wrong decisions, then you just forfeit his plan for you, but, like, when talking about camp, when he said that, it was really, like, like, it made sense to me, because, like, I feel like most of, like, just even my teenage years, I haven't, like, I've probably, like, been off track more than you've been on. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. And like, yeah, so I don't know. And just like recently, like, finding out I'm not actually, I'm not going to be able to graduate this year. It's really, it's really a bummer to me just because I just really wanted to, but I just like, I was just like, okay, I guess I need more time. Because I really, didn't know anything about what I was going to do. I was just graduating because everybody else is graduating. And I just, I wanted to be, like, I've always just wanted to, like, be out of the house. I'm kind of just, like, that person. I want to be, like, independent and stuff. But just, like, my parents telling me, like, yeah, we don't think you should graduate this year. So I was like, okay I guess guess that's not to go for my life. So even though it's, like, I don't like it and it's, really kind of depressing me, but I'm just, like, I'm just gonna try to, like, deal with it and try to, like, try to, like, get, stay on the path, so that way, like, when it is time, I'll be ready, you know? Appreciate it, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah, that's And number four, it says, seek godly input. One key component to finding God's will is to seek the input of godly advisors in your life. If you don't currently have three to four godly mentors, then I would highly recommend that you seek them out right away. Think of it this way. You should understand that you are basically a composite of the five people you spend the most time with. So, it is, so then it is vital that you choose those five people well. If you choose to surround yourself with godly advisors, they will be instrumental in helping you discern God's plan for your life. But if you surround yourself with people who are far from God, your hope to finding His best for your life will be greatly diminished. Proverbs 11.14 says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. The church is designed to help you greatly with this. I would encourage you to be in church every single time the doors are opened. The more you involve yourself with the community of believers, the greater your chances will be of finding godly men and women who can help you discern God's will. Yeah, I think this
1: is going to get a little more personal, but do you guys have someone that is like a spiritual advisor to you that they may know it or they may not, but someone that like you... If you're having, like, a problem that relates to questions in your, your walk with God, do you have someone that you go to? It's okay. To help, but do you have someone?
2: Yeah. Usually you think of a mentor as an older person, like, 20 years older than you, <laughs> that's wiser, and they've been through life, so they know. They know. But, um... Like, a mentor doesn't even have to be that kind of person. They can just be someone that can uh, be a friend to you, listen to you, just um, tell you kind of their opinions on it, I guess, because, I mean, you need different viewpoints on things instead of just this one thing, because if you're focused on this one thing, then you're never gonna know, um, like, anything else. Like if you never learn other viewpoints of it. So it's like the person could just be a friend your own age or even somebody younger as just like someone that you can talk to and they'll listen and advise yeah. you
1: things. Yeah, I would, the only thing I would caution against in that is that you have to be really careful because yeah. peers are in the same state of mm-hmm. life as you are. And so lot, it's definitely not required that you have a peer or like a mentor that's older than you. Um, the reason that a lot of times you'll see like why I'm talking about having elders and things is because they've already been through your stage of life Mm -hmm. and so it's not required but it is nice to have someone you can go to at least I find it comforting to go to someone and be like I don't know what to do but like I know that they've already been through this struggle and they've obviously are still alive and they've come out and figured it out and they may have made mistakes so I want to know that so that you know Mistakes are, like mistakes don't have to just be left to mistakes. They can help others grow and learn things like that. So I want to know their mistakes and, and what they made. And that's why it's good to be close with your mentor, too, yeah. so you can learn that. But, because um, that helps me to develop myself and to look out for specific things. Um, I have a mentor and he's like, I don't know, I think he's in his late 20s. So he's not super old and he's maybe a stage of life ahead of me, I bet, like at most. But, like he's been through a lot of what I've been through, though, and he tells me a lot of stories and things when I ask about like his friends when he was my kind of age and things that he did that um, that didn't help what he well, didn't help his objective and things that he did that did help his objective of like what he was trying to do, and um, so that's that's important, and we might talk about that another time and tours and things but um, there's definitely some things that, that you want to look out for that um, aren't necessarily required but they'll just you'll find them to be really beneficial to you um, as you go through life it'll be uh, encouraging and also just it's nice to know that you have a source of, of wisdom to go to that you know, wisdom comes with age um, as much as being it. <laughs> so um, that's definitely something I'd recommend but again it's totally like I also have um a friend that's really close that I can go to that is my age and we do you know, we walk together as well and so there's different uses for different
0: ages and different purposes in your life and things, but that's good though, that's good. For me it's like well the first people that come in I have a CJ and D and just because mm-hmm. like the Sunday school teachers, I like I really feel like I could talk to them mm-hmm. about anything in like like, But, like, for me, it's, like, they're not really old, but, like, yeah. they're just, like, in their 30s. So they're, like, closer to my, like, they still, like, they still remember, they still remember I guess. But, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. They, I just feel like they still understand, like, what it was like being a kid and stuff. And, like, but they're still older and they still, and they're honest, too. They're not going to be, like. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely they going to tell you
2: they're very truthful yeah, and it really helps that they make a point to us that we can go to them if we need to talk yeah.
1: about anything they
2: yeah. are just very open to that
1: and like you said like you don't have to just have one mentor you know? yeah. I have I have uh, one that I mainly would go to for advice but There's some areas that I feel like other people are more experienced in, and so I would be more likely to go to someone else for that area. Mm -hmm. And that's totally like, you know, if you have four or five different people, that's great. If you just have one person, that's good too. You know If you don't have anybody, I would definitely recommend finding someone um, that would be willing to do that, that you feel comfortable with, because it is really important, because it it really comes in handy, and um, will help you through a lot, at least it has me and everyone that I've known <laughs> they're all different things and it's not like you need their help every
0: day but when things arise they're there mm-hmm. number five it says pay attention to how God has wired you God has created you to fulfill a specific role in this world there is no one else who can achieve completely what God has purposely created you to do the apostle Peter gives us this admonition admonition 1 Peter 14 It says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. What verse was that? 1 Peter 14. 14. God has gifted every one of us to perform a special mission for which we alone were created. How amazing is that? So when you seek to discover God's will for your life, pay attention to how he has gifted you. His plan for you will always be directly related to the gifts that he has bestowed upon you. The great news is that you will automatically be good at whatever it is that he has called you to do. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Yeah, don't
2: but you have to work towards it. Yeah. Like if you're, if you've been blessed by being able to sing, then you don't, you aren't just like automatically amazing. You are, You have to work to tone your voice and to, yeah.
0: Well, it's like it's like what I think what brother Lynn always says he doesn't call the equipped, he equips the call. So well, I don't know. I guess there's definitely something to looking at yourself seeing what you think you could do, what you want to do. But I mean, just because like but I mean, you're not going to be you're not always going to be comfortable in the best at doing what God wants you to do. That doesn't mean He doesn't want you to do it, thing.
3: I think everybody has like talents, like or God-given talents. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're going to be comfortable using those talents. That's I mean, yeah, doing, I mean, doing yes. what God wants you to do is not most likely you're never going to be comfortable. <laughs> yeah. But like more than not, for sure, going
0: to be
1: comfortable.
3: Like for me, like right now, the thought of getting in front of even kids and teaching them that like scares me to death. Like but I'm getting more comfortable with it and I'm getting more
0: like
3: I'm learning more, like, and, you know, Yeah. it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that's what happens to do. And so, yeah. mm-hmm. but that's not
1: what's comfortable for me. Yeah, I feel like there's there's something I think maybe I mean it's a nice it's a nice thought, it's encouraging to think that we're already like amazing at everything to do in my lives but I think part of walking out in faith is being okay with not being comfortable Yeah. and embracing that rather than shying away from it and saying I know I'm not comfortable here but this is what you've called me to do I have a piece about it you know I don't have people telling me that uh, like I shouldn't do that constantly and things like that and that comes again with hearing from spiritual mentors and things like that and peers as well but like it takes, uh, more often than not, again, it takes work, you know, and it's not just gonna be like, automatic. But I think that if it's his will, he'll help you get better. Whereas if it's not, it's gonna be a really, like a stroke to get better, you know? I don't think it will come as easily. That's that's right, I, I don't really have much to back that up. You know? From experience, I feel like that's kind of
0: what what I've seen happen. Mm-hmm. Number six, it says, listen to God's spirit. It says, I experienced the major turning point in my own prayer life when I learned simply to shut up while I was praying that that may sound odd to you, and it seemed odd to me at first. You see, I used to do all the talking when I prayed, but then several years ago I read Bill Hybels book, Too Busy Not to Pray. That book completely changed the way I approach God through prayer. Since reading that book, I have added a significant component to my prayer life, listening. I take time to listen to what God might have to say to me. Practically, the way I go about this is to bring a notepad with me when I sit down pray, then I write at the tops of, of several pages things like the following. What is the next step in my career? What is the next step in my ministry? What is the next step for my family? What is the next step for my marriage? What is the next step in my education? What is the next step in my finances? During my prayer time, I meditate on questions such as the above. Often, God will start flooding my heart with ideas and information regarding One or more of those questions. I write as fast as I can as he speaks to my heart. What a glorious experience that is to sense his spirit on me, guiding my thoughts and words. Through experiences like this, he has shown me many times with great clarity what his will is for my life. I long for those experiences when he speaks to me like that. Those times are truly life-changing. John 10.27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So, you kind of, like, you hear John 10, 27. John 10, ten twenty seven. Thank you. So you hear, like, it's kind of something you hear people say a lot around here. It's like praying isn't just talking to God, but it's also listening and stuff like that. And it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of hard to do sometimes for me just because it's, like, I have trouble, like, there are some times when I'm like, oh, like, you think of something, you're like, oh, that kind of makes sense, but then you're like, wait, was that really God, or am I just thinking that myself, you know? So, so I have a hard time, like, discerning what are my thoughts or my feelings or, or what God has actually put on my heart or something like that. Yeah. And that's kind of this next point. It's kind of it sounds kind of bad at first, but it kind of makes sense to me. It says, listen to your heart. It says, in addition to, in addition to listening to the spirit, I also recommend listening to your heart. To understand my point here, consider the following passage: Psalm thirty-seven four through four through five. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> it says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. What was that verse? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I love this passage, passage because it shows me that when I'm walking with the Lord, he will actually let me do really cool things that I actually love to do. When you're close to him, he actually begins to shape your desires so that, your desire, so that you desire the things that he has already called you to do. So then his plan actually becomes a super exciting adventure. I always have the most fun in life when I'm doing God's will, and that is because he shapes my wanter to want to do the things for which he has actually created me. And I thought that was pretty interesting because, like, for me, I've always kind of struggled with, like, my feelings. Like, well, I, I never know, like, I've always kind of thought, like, well, are feelings just feelings, or do they actually mean something? Should you trust your feelings? Should you trust your heart and i've always just like struggled with that but it's kind of encouraging to me to see that if you're actually walking with god then you can more more so trust your feelings if you're if you're sure that you're with in in a right relationship with god there's also kind of like a
3: different there's like that part that's like there's emotions feelings like in the moment emotions were like you're just emotional and you probably shouldn't trust your emotions and then there's also those like gut feelings like I don't know about this or like you know I don't know like I don't know that when I was like younger that I really felt that way that much just because probably most of the time I was just emotional (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know more there's more of the like like Able to be more calm and like have more of those like I don't know not like emotional like, external feelings they're more like in your gut like you kind of like
2: or they're deeper where it's just clearer?
3: Yeah, it's, it's not it's not just like you know. What I'm
1: saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I feel like this would apply in my life, and um, I think for the longest time, like I. I kind of struggled with knowing what God's will was, because I didn't, I mean, all the things you guys have mentioned, you know, were at some point related to me, um, and, like, I, or I could relate to them, rather, um, and so, like, I would wonder, you know, am I supposed to do this, or is this just something I really want, and something that kind of came to a head a while back was, like, my, my baseball journey, and, like, I had always wanted to play baseball in college, and, um, like, I had put in the work necessary and was on the path to doing that, Um, but one night, one day, or one night, in, like, sophomore year, I think, like, the end of sophomore year, um, I was sitting there, and I was, I remember I was just sitting on my bed, and I was just kind of, kind of meditating on the plan for my life, like, where was I going, what was I going to do, and what did I want? What did God want me to do and I wasn't necessarily in a sense of prayer I was just kind of meditating on it and was just kind of being you know not really thinking about a whole lot just taking time to really focus on my thoughts and and there was praying involved and, and I was I guess trying to take time to listen and just be you know take some time out of my day to just kind of be alone and I remember and I'm not saying this always happens or it has always happened since so then it definitely doesn't but Um, That time in particular I remember that I got this really strong um, conviction to uh, be an encourager of people and to go out and encourage people and like that was going to be an overarching theme kind of in my life with people and I wasn't super outgoing at that point. I really like I I, I would talk a little bit to people but I wasn't really an outgoing person. I was pretty reserved usually uh, I'll talk to you if you talk to me first kind of person and um, that's no there's nothing wrong with that if that's how you are you know but for my there's some other things too that i that I kind of heard that night but like for my mission and that I received that night like I, it wasn't gonna be good for me to not be friendly and not be outgoing and things and so over the course long story short over the course of the next probably six months to a year um, I kind of went back and forth with that like how how does that look like and what does that mean is that really a will for your life you know is it too small or that kind of things and and what I kind of came to though is that like the more I did it and the more that I would pray about it like the more I would have opportunity to do it and I continue kind of snowball effect it kind of had the snowball effect and like the more I did it the more I wanted to do it and like I think that's kind of what he's referring to is like when you start when you seek God's will and you're you found that when you have that that thought that's you know maybe that's the will the will for my life and you start pursuing that and um, obviously continually um, praying to God and seeking it in Him but if you can continue to to, to seek that path out and to to go through with it and it you still have a peace about it like He's gonna form that will to where it's exciting to you like. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do, is to help people and to see their days made better. And like, I can't say that was always the case with me. And so I think that he's helped me to, to want that as he's called me to do that. So it's kind of like, as he's called you to do something, and it's, it may not be something as general as that, it may be something very specific, or you know, like in your case, just to teach. Like, the more you teach, like you said, the more you're really comfortable with it and you, you get accustomed to it. And you're better equipped to do this will. And then as you get better equipped, you say, man, this is, this is awesome. Like, I love this. Like, I want to do more of it. And he starts to form your desires to the will that he's already given for your life. You know, but it's a process. It's a very long process. And it takes continually seeking that and trusting him that, you know, that is his will for your life. And, and continually asking, Him, is this still your will for my life? Like, am I doing you know, good? And things like that. But I think that's kind of what He's saying there is to, to seek His will, and once you get it, don't be afraid to chase it and to, to go after it, you know? Like, because He will answer you, you know, eventually, and when He does, you know, have faith to just go out and do that and to continue seeking it. And there's a lot that goes into that, but we'll cover that
0: now. Yeah. When I, like, when I first read this, what He was talking about here, probably just because, I don't know, this is what I think about a lot, but, like, pro- what came to me first is like, you know, like, your feelings, like, for people or, like, relationship things, mm-hmm. like, cause, like, I don't know, I feel like i I kind of, like, that's just probably where most of my, like, struggles are, like, I feel like, having feelings for people, like, you don't know should I, like, choose something or whatever, and, like, I was, talk- I was talking to Kaylee for a while from him, and so, like, I really wanted, just cause like, probably just cause I, was, like, I really wanted a girlfriend. But like, I really did want that. So I was praying about it and stuff. And then just like, some things like, so I prayed about it a lot and some things happened. And I was like, you know what, I just, I think I would just like, after talking for a while, I was like, you know, I think I would just, I think I would rather be single than actually, like, date her. And so like, he changed like, my feelings for her because at first I was like I really liked her and stuff but as the more I prayed about it and like he just like kind of like changed my feelings but then I was like because I was all like worried I was like oh no like she might really like me and now I've got to like I don't want to like hurt her or anything but like so I just kind of kept talking to her for a while and then she just like quit talking to me so it's just like okay that's cool that's good <laughs> that nobody's, nobody's hurt or anything I guess it so yeah. it's like Okay, so like, I guess when you're like, I don't know, I just, God always works everything out when you really seek His will. And so I don't know if like, I don't know if it always works out like that where you're like, you pray about it and if you don't feel it then nobody gets hurt. But I mean, it just happened to be like that where I think probably she didn't really like me either anymore. So it's just like, just quit dogging and it was fine. Number eight, it says, Take a look at your circumstances. God often clearly demonstrates his plan for our lives by lighting up circumstances in obvious ways, and he also shows us what his will is not not for us to do God often clearly demonstrates His plan for our lives by lighting up circumstances in obvious ways, and He also shows us what His will is not for us to do in that same way. I don't know what that means? It is not His will for you to take it, take the job that is not offered to you. If you are five six, five five foot six inches tall and weigh 125, it is not likely that God has created you to play professional football. Over the years, I have discovered that God is pretty good at opening and closing doors. He even did that for the Apostle Paul and his entourage in Acts. Take a look at this passage, Acts sixteen six through ten. And it says, "Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of and and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, Miss- they." trying to go into bactania but the spirit did not permit them so passing by mysia they came down to Tros, and a vision appeared to paul in the night a man of macedonia stood and pleaded with him saying come over to macedonia and help us now after he had seen the vision immediately we sought to go to macedonia concluding that the lord had called us to preach the gospel to them so even paul had had to face closed doors in his ministry god often uses closed doors to show us clearly what he does not want us to do and he also uses open doors at times to show us what he does want us to do. Of course, this does not mean that every open door is definitely God's plan, but it does help to give you some basic direction. So it's just kind of a cool passage to see that God speaking to people and telling them and showing them what they need to do. Yeah. So that's a, a closing thought. The next time you begin to ponder God's plan for your life, I would encourage you to mull over the above eight keys. Use these principles to help you to hone in on His plan, and you, and when you seek His will earnestly, you will find it. Yeah, I think um, it's
1: for sure. It's definitely important to remember that like the Bible, like the people in the Bible, like Paul and Peter and all the the saints of the Bible, like they were people too. And like we say that a lot and we realize that, oh, you know, they made mistakes as well. But on the flip side of that, like they had interactions with the spirit and they were people and the same as we're people, you know. Like we don't I don't feel like we have less access to the Holy Spirit than they do. We're still living beings and we're still children of God. And He's given us that Holy Spirit to use and interact with and to invest in and like I think a lot of times we think of like they have all these these great interactions with the spirit and we're like well wow, that's great but then we kind of forget that we have that same power in us and that we have no less access than they did to them. You know, it's important to remember like God can, can still um, work through us and work with us and can still let us know where our, where our next step is.
0: Mm-hmm. and think that we can come and uh, study your word and try and learn more about you and try to grow in our walk with you and just help us all to, um, to really uh, seek your will for our lives and just to hear you when you speak to us and just thank you for everything you do for us and just, just you know.